0: Hi, this is Mo Oster, MISNY's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. This week, the New York State Legislature returned for several chaotic round-the-clock session days to take up hundreds upon hundreds of legislative items that have been put to the side as a result of the COVID pandemic that ordinarily would have come up for consideration earlier in the year. It was an enormously challenging week to say the least. It made all the more difficult that lobbyists and other non-legislative staff are still not permitted in the state capitol where we usually would obtain essential on the ground intelligence and see legislators face to face to remind them of Ms. Needs position on bills. There are roughly a dozen or so measures adverse to physicians that were either on the floors of one or both houses or were moving through the committee process. Thankfully, most of them were not ultimately passed, including measures opposed by Misney and affected specialty societies that would have greatly expanded damages and wrongful death actions, which could have driven up already excessive medical liability premium costs, inappropriately granted optometrists the right to prescribe certain oral medications without proper training, bypassed recently adopted state regulations establishing criteria for the creation of midwife led birth centers, mandated co prescribing of naloxone, mandated posting in a physician's office of how a patient can obtain information about Consumer Product Safety Commission recalls, mandated notification of epileptic patients of the risk of sudden death, and mandated reporting to the statewide immunization system of a prescription of a rescue inhaler. However, two adverse bills did pass this week, for which MISNI will work with allies to request vetoes. First, over the objection of MISNI, numerous specialty societies aside, and hospital and nursing home associations. The state legislature passed a bill this week that would limit previously established liability protections prospectively so that it would only apply to care which is provided to patients related to diagnosis and treatment with a confirmed or suspected case of COVID-19. Disney worked with the specialty societies to send a letter to the entire legislature objecting to this measure. Specifically, we raised concerns that should there be a second surge, as many are predicting, This legislation would eliminate these important protections and unfairly invite lawsuits for care to non-COVID patients that may need to be delayed, prioritize health care resources as we had to do in March and in April. Now, it must be understood that several legislators, including the Senate and Assembly Health Committee chairs, not to mention the very powerful AARP, have been aggressively pushing to completely and retroactively eliminate these essential liability protections that have been enacted in the state budget adopted in early April. While the focus of these legislators has been on the several thousand nursing home patients that died during the height of the pandemic, the legislation they seek would invite lawsuits and second-guessing of all care provided by physicians in any healthcare setting during the height of the pandemic. The bill that passed this week, which is still very worrisome, would eliminate liability protections for care to non-COVID patients based upon acts or omissions that occur on or after the effective date of the legislation at least preserving liability protections for past acts or omissions. It is not clear whether the governor will sign or veto this legislation. Also passed this week was a very problematic bill that would require every physician practice setting to post a conspicuous sign notifying patients of the OPMC website if they wish to file a complaint. Disney raised concerns that this bill was unnecessary as a patient can through a basic internet search find how they can file a complaint to OPMC and that signs such as this could unnecessarily foster distrust in the patient-physician treatment relationship. Disney mobilized thousands of physicians this week to contact their legislators to oppose this bill. However, it passed over our objections. We are asking you all again now to contact the governor to veto this potentially disruptive bill. We very much understand that while the burden associated with complying with this proposed requirement should it be signed into law, it should not be that difficult. It is one more mandate to keep track of. And there is, of course, the unfair aspect of having to post a conspicuous sign how a patient can contact an entity that can very well take away your livelihood, particularly when we know that so many complaints are already filed without merit. As one physician commented, it is the equivalent of a requiring physicians to wear a kick me sign on the back of their lab coat. As we know, items like this can adversely affect physician wellness. Let me again remind you that MISNI has established a peer-to-peer program to provide physicians, residents, and medical students the opportunity to talk with a peer about their life stressors. Under the peer-to-peer program, physicians may engage in a confidential discussion with a peer supporter, an individual trained to share experiences listen some without judgment and validate feelings. If you are interested in accessing this service, please call 1-844-P2P-PEER or email p2p at Disney President Dr. Bonnie Liffack was also on a Capital District News show last week to discuss our new program to assist physicians. It's been quite a week. Thank you all for all you do, for your patience, and we will talk with you again next week.